Hello and welcome back to Quality Dairy Sports Radio. I am your host, Ryan Dairy. This is episode number 13. And what another fabulous week it was. Week and weekend. We had the Red Wings play pretty well, keep on a good pace, get into that wild card spot right now in the Eastern Conference. And the Lions, once again, win at home and move on to the NFC Championship game. I cannot believe I'm actually saying that. But yes, the Lions. The Lions are heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers in the NFC Championship game on Sunday, 6.30 late game. What a time it is. What a time it is. So let's just jump right into the game. Sunday, we played the Bucks. The game ended up being 31-23. It was a little closer than I thought it was going to be for the game. However, at the end, especially in the second half, fourth quarter, we pulled away a little bit. But it was a lot tougher in the first half than I thought it was going to be for us. I think we came out a little, a little we were just a little bit off on offense. Defense played really well, but just a little bit off on offense. So first quarter of the game, pretty, not much happened. First quarter ended 3-3. Both teams kicked a field goal. Second quarter, the Lions picked up a little bit of momentum. They went down the field, got a touchdown, really nice touchdown to Josh Reynolds in the back of the end zone. He was wide open. Goff hit him over the middle, a little post route. And, uh, yeah, it was looking pretty good, 10-3, and ended right at the end of the half. Uh, Tampa scores scores a touchdown also, gets us to 10-10 at halftime. So I was a little surprised by the score at half. But like I said, the, sec- the first half, or the first quarter, both teams, well, I should say the Lions, were just a little bit out of sorts, a little off rhythm. You know, it's like we weren't. Our timing wasn't quite right. We were just off just a little bit. Second quarter, we started to find it. Like I said, we had the nice drive that ended in a touchdown to Reynolds. Started to find it. Our defense did play really well in the first half and, for the most part, most of the game. That Our defense really stepped up that first half as our offense was sort of slowly finding themselves to hold the Bucks to 10. So we were tied going into halftime. Third quarter, Lions come out, get a touchdown, make it 17-10. to 10. Craig Reynolds, fourth and goal from the one touchdown, rushing touchdown. Bit of a shocker. Just the whole series, we were so close to the goal line, we, we had a good run to start on first down. Then we had a play-action pass, then another pass, then we go for it for fourth and one, and it ends up being a rushing touchdown to Reynolds. It's like, I get it, but the way this team's built, the way we have our offensive line, just run it four times right there. You're going to get in the end zone. Yes, Tampa does have a good rush defense, with especially with uh, Vitavea in the middle there. But rush four straight times. Punch it in. That's what we've been doing all year. Got a little, little hairy there, but did end up capitalizing. Got to 
Tampa Bay scored right at right before the end of the third quarter, making it 17-17. So once again, 17-17 going into the fourth quarter. A lot closer than I thought it was going to be. The fourth quarter, we really sort of found our rhythm, got in, got in line offensively. Defensively, besides the one drive they had, our defense was playing really well. You know, it's like, begin the fourth quarter, we went right down the field. Jameer Gibbs had the 31-yard rush touchdown. Cut back, beat the safety, beat uh, Winfield Jr., who is an all-pro in himself. Stiff-armed him right at the end zone. There's a great, great photo of him stiff-arming Winfield into the end zone and looking right at the camera. Really great. But once when a, when Gibbs gets into that high gear, you're just not going to catch him. Like I said, Winfield is an all-pro. All-pro against a rookie, and the rookie, the rookie did it. Rookie beat him, and at the end, man, that stiff arm. Not, you're not feeling too good if you're defensive back right there. So that got us going. Another, then we would go down the field again. Another really nice touchdown on Monroe uh, St. Brown to put us up 31-17. Great route, great catch, great pass all around. Another just good offensive drive to get us down to the end zone, worked our way down the field. It was it was good to see. In the first half, Monra dropped a pass or two, made a couple plays that you just typically don't see. He had a fourth down drop where he didn't get there. Another one where he sort of his elbow touched down and stuff. Monra, you saw some atypical things out of him, especially in the first half. I mean, not nothing crazy, but just things that you're used to him seeing, especially catching the ball. The drop pass on third down that would have got us a first down. That's just something you don't see from him. But in that second half, he showed who he always was. You were not denying him in that second half. He made a couple for big first down uh, catches, dragging defenders a yard or two to get that first down on third down. He made some big plays, and he capped it off with that touchdown. Touchdown the end zone, puss up 31-17. Tampa Bay did drive down the field after that. They score a touchdown to Mike Evans. And then they go for two, which I was at a party which which a bunch of my friends and none of us could believe what was happening. You're going for two, you're down 14. It's like, so they were talking about it on the TV. Well, the math would say that you need, if you go for two here, and you miss it, then the next time if you score a touchdown, you still have to, you still have another chance to go for two and tie it. I just don't understand the logic there. It's like a touchdown, extra point, touchdown, extra point. I didn't understand what they were doing. You put yourself in a harder spot. Now I get if you get the two-point conversion, you're down only six, so if you get a touchdown, a extra point can tie, can win it but it was just very it was a very interesting uh call right there to go for two when you're down by two touchdowns i don't know it was it was there was some interesting stuff by tampa bay at the end of the game i'll say that so 
Lions get stopped after that. We punt the ball back to the Bucks, and Baker Mayfield then throws an interception to Derek Barnes right over the mer- middle. Barnes, as he said in the postgame, first ever interception for him after three years. Just the ball came to him, and you see it so many times. You see it so often on defense where a ball goes right to a defender, right in both hands, and they drop it. Not this time. He was all over it. That tight end that he was covering, I believe was a tight end, little post route over the middle, just dropped back, followed him across. Mayfield did not see him, threw it right to Barnes. It was as if he was throwing, as if Barnes was running the route. It was beautiful to see. From there, Lions were able to kneel it out. The end of the game was very interesting. So we got that interception. There was like a minute 33 left after the interception. And even with all my buddies and stuff we were watching, I was the only one who picked up on it. Tampa Bay still had one timeout. So you take a knee on first down, and you would think Tampa Bay would take a timeout right away because if you take two more knees, you're going to have to take kick a field goal. There's still going to be time on the clock. So you're going to have to kick a field goal from like 35, 40, somewhere in that range with about 10 seconds left. You're still going to have to, have to try a field goal attempt. But after first down, the Bucks do not take the timeout. So the clock's running, and uh, Goff then goes and takes a knee with like 16 seconds left on the play clock. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, let the play clock run all the way out. Because when you took the timeout, there was like the second knee on second down, there was like a minute 10 left or something like that. And I'm like, what are you doing? A minute 10. Now if they take their timeout right here, another 40 seconds and they get 25 seconds left to to try and block a field goal or we have to try a field goal, they might get the ball back. Like, it was a very, very interesting end of the game. So we take our second knee. The clock continues to run. Tampa Bay still does not take a timeout. Third down. 39 seconds, 38 seconds. Goff snaps the ball again, takes another knee. And once again, inexplicably, inexplicably, Tampa Bay does not take a timeout again. They would have had a timeout with 35 seconds on the clock, forcing the Lions to kick a field goal, having a chance to block it. It was like neither side knew that the other team, that everyone has still had a timeout. You know, now it worked in the Lions' favor that Tampa Bay did not realize or want to call their timeout, their final timeout, because that was as big of a blunder on the Lions' part as Tampa Bay. I don't know if the Lions were so wrapped up in what was going on that they also forgot that Tampa Bay had a timeout, because it could have been a very different ending to that game. It was very shocking to see. It's like I thought until that final second went off the clock, the Tampa was going to call a timeout at some point and force us to try and kick a field goal. 
You know, it's like you line up to kick a field goal, you get a block, whatever happens. Like, there's stuff that everyone's seen crazier stuff in football happen, you know. Block a field goal, take it back, block the field goal, throw up a Hail Mary or something. It was a very interesting end to the game on both sides because for as bad as Tampa Bay played it, the Lions also were not playing attention. It's like you cannot have that against a team like, let's say, San Francisco coming up. It's like the Lions were as caught up in the moment as Tampa Bay was. I mean, when Jared Goff took the knee on third down with 39 seconds, I mean, everyone was taking off their helmets, people were crossing the field, go shake hands. It's like, holy hell, what the hell is going on? Thankfully, it all worked in our favor. But it was a very strange ending to the game. Like I said, for what why Tampa did not do what they did, and for the Lions also not realizing it, you know, it's like you have to be better than that too. Like I get getting caught up in the moment. I don't know if they didn't realize they thought Tampa Bay had used all their timeouts or what, but it could have been a very different ending to that game depending on what happened but it's like it's like for whatever mistakes the Bucks made the Lions need to look at that themselves and be like okay next time we're in this situation we got to do a better job managing clock also because like I said you do that against San Francisco or heaven forbid you make the Super Bowl and you have to do that against the Ravens or the Chiefs it's like those are experienced, top-of-the-line head coaches. They're going to be taking a timeout. They're going to be forcing you to, to make a decision, you know, make a decision on kicking a field goal or whatever you're going to do. They're going to force something like that, having one timeout with the, what happened. But thankfully it all worked out in Lions' favor, so now we are going to be heading to San Francisco this weekend. Sunday night, 6.30, we got the late game. And uh, from what I saw and what I see in this team, we got a chance. We have just as good a chance as anybody. And why not? What we've done so far in these playoffs, one, no turnovers. When we got in some trouble this year in some of those bad games that we had, some of those bad losses, we were turning the ball over three, four times a game. Have not turned the ball over once yet in the playoffs. That's going to have to continue to win in San Francisco. You're going to not be able to turn the ball over. And ideally, you're going to want to force one or two time turnovers by San Francisco themselves. So let's real quickly jump into the San Francisco uh, Green Bay game. I didn't really have a rooting interest. I couldn't. Green Bay, I just can't. I can't root for Green Bay. It's just against everything inside me. I get that if Green Bay had won, the Lions would be hosting the NFC Championship game. I was just sort of a neutral observer in the San Francisco forty uh, San Francisco Green Bay game. Whatever happened, happened. Green Bay definitely definitely could have won that game. San Francisco, yes, Debo got hurt. 
But they did not look like the world beaters that they have this year. I don't know if that was a little bit of rust coming off a bye. Coming off a bye and week 18 where they sat a lot of starters. So they were a little rusty getting back into the game. Or what? But Debo went out early in that game. So that sort of changes things a little bit on San Francisco's offense. But McCaffrey was still there. All your other playmakers were still there, like Ayuk. That defense was still there, and they look beatable. It's like I'm glad the line came out where it did this week in the San Francisco-Detroit game. San Francisco is favored by seven, at least last time I looked. San Francisco is favored by seven. I'm glad that's it's that big of a line that came out. I think that plays into our benefit going into this game. You know, it's like the first two games we were favored at home. Now we go on the road. We're a big-time underdog. It'll help us out, I think. You know, it's like that first playoff game against the Rams was such a huge emotional high to get that first win, all this stuff going on between Goff and Stafford, then Stafford coming back. You know, it's like we weren't as sharp to start the game against Tampa Bay, but we got through it. We got that win. Now you're sort of re-energized going into that uh, the championship game against San Francisco. You're a big-time underdog. Pretty much everyone's going to be picking against you. So now it's like, okay, we got nothing to lose. Now this team acts like they have unfinished business, which I like to see. You know, this team acts like, no, they know that this is what's going to happen all year long. You see some of these other teams celebrating after these games this last week, like Baltimore and Kansas City and stuff. The Lions, yes, they the team is like hyped up and celebrating, but you don't see the dancing and all the other stuff that's going on with some of these other teams. Like, the Lions are very focused very focused in on what's in the moment and what's at hand right now. So why not? Why can we not go to San Francisco and beat them? Green Bay almost did. Green Bay was a kicker away and some bad red zone offense away from winning that game by 7, 10 points. San Francisco did not look good. We will see what happens with Debo in this game. I have no doubt that no matter what the shoulder injury is and no matter what they say during the week, he will at least suit up and give it a try because he is a tough mother, tough motherfucker. So he will at least try. The first time he gets hit will be the real big thing and if he can continue to be out there but there's no doubt in my mind no matter what they say all week I know the other day that it came out he's 50-50 on whether he'll be able to play there's no doubt in my mind he will at least suit up go out there they'll probably get the ball to him once and see how he does after he gets hit but there's no doubt he will be out on that field at least to start he might not finish the game but he'll be out there to at least start So with Debo being iffy 
it's like, yes, Chris McCaffrey has had an MVP-type season, but the one thing we are very good at, the best at on our team, is stopping the run. L.A. did not run the ball much against us. Tampa Bay had a couple, like, small seven, eight, nine-yard runs. No big plays in the run game. We sort of, we most of the time got them within a yard or two. A couple stops in the backfield. So, their San Francisco game is all around Christian McCaffrey running the ball and out of the backfield. I think it's going to be very tough sledding for him running the ball. That is the one thing that we are very good at defensively. We might give up a lot of plays in the past game, but as far as stopping the run, our defense is very good at that. So if we can stop the run, stop McCaffrey, and make Brock Purdy beat us. Now, Brock Purdy, I don't really have an opinion either way on him. I think he's okay. You know, it's like there's passes he makes that's like, wow, he's got some talent right there. And then there's sometimes it's like, what is that? But he's a very interesting quarterback right now for what's going on. But putting the ball in his hands is going to be the key to us having a chance to win the game. It's like you shut down the run game with McCaffrey and you make Purdy beat us. It's like you put the ball in his hands, and if he goes out there and has a huge game throwing the ball and gets them the W, then, hey, at least you followed the game plan. At least you made him beat us, not Christian McCaffrey. You cannot let Christian McCaffrey be the guy who beats us in this game. For as well as uh, Green Bay's defense played, Towards the end of the game there, you saw, especially in that final drive, Chris McCaffrey had that run in for the touchdown. It's like to hold up all game against him is the is going to be the big challenge. But that's our strength. Our strength on defense is stopping the run. You know, it's like against the Rams and uh, now against Tampa, as I said last week. There's going to be a wide receiver for him that goes off for 150 and a touchdown. Puka went off against in the, for the Rams. Last game was Mike Evans. Mike Evans had like 140-some yards and a touchdown. Once again, wide receivers, one wide receiver is going to have a big game. That's not San Francisco's strength. Purdy can throw the ball good, but... Depending who's going to be out there, if it's Debo or Ayuk, you have to make Purdy be the guy who throws that ball 8, 10, 12 times to one of their wide receivers, and they get 150 for a touchdown. You know, it's like that's our weakness that has been all year, having another team's wide receiver go off. You have to make Purdy, Purdy prove it. You know, stop McCaffrey in the run game. Make Purdy be the guy who can do that. 
you know, it's like Mayfield has shown he can throw the ball around. Stafford, of course, has shown that. It's like this game lines up very well for us defensively. Our strength, it's strength on strength. San Francisco's run game against our run defense. And for the most part, it's weakness on weakness. Our weakness is secondary and the passing game, and their weakness is passing. It just is, especially with McCaffrey in the backfield. Their weakness is passing, so it lines up very well for us uh, defensively. Offensively, I think... Offensively is going to be very interesting for us. So, in the game against Tampa, Jonah Jackson went down. The left guard. Left guard went down, Jonah Jackson. I read that he had a minor had minor surgery, something with a meniscus. So, he's out for the championship game. Now, the guy who filled in did really well because our line still held up really well against uh, Tampa Bay. But that's a hurt spot on our offensive line, which is a strength for us. Another guy who's going to be going into that game hurting is Ragnow. Came out after the game that Ragnow finished the game with a sprained ankle and sprained knee. You could see when he got rolled up on, it looked pretty bad, and he was in some pain. But for him to go out there and tough it out, and they showed the uh, they showed the one rushing touchdown. I think it was the fourth and one with Reynolds, where he basically on one leg stood up Vea to not allow him to get to Reynolds. You could see how much pain he was in. And he got it out that entire game. Hopefully he can play. A sprained ankle is not too much to worry about. If it's not a high ankle sprain, just a regular sprained ankle, you know, you tape it up, you shoot it up a little bit. The sprained knee is going to be interesting for him. You know, it's like during the game it happening and staying out there with all the adrenaline and emotions and stuff, him being out there this week after having time off, doing rehab, not being in the middle of the game, having to start cold in that game. Hopefully he can still go. I think he will. With what he played with this past week, I don't see any way he's not going to be out there to start the game. So we are a little banged up on the offensive line. However, our offense against their defense, their strength on the defensive line is their ends. Now you have Bosa on one end and Young on the other. So their strength is their ends, not their D-tackles. So I wonder if they'll move them inside some in this game. But if our tackles are against their D-ends, I feel really good about that. Penny Sewell, who is an all-pro, who for the next 10 years might be the best right tackle in the game for the next 10 years straight, which is could be a good possibility. He'll most likely match up with Bosa. So that matchup, I like our chances. I like Sewell out there. 
and Decker on the other side against Young. Decker in these playoffs so far has played great, has not allowed a sack. So our two tackles are our strengths right now. And and San Francisco's strengths are their defensive ends. So it's strength on strength. So it gives me a lot better feeling going into this matchup with having a little bit of a banged up offensive line that are that the pieces that are banged up for us are interior. You know, we're not going against Aaron Donald, who's a defensive tackle, to where if you don't got your top guys, that can be a rough day. Or like the Chiefs, Chris Jones, defensive tackle. You know, it's like if it's going to be ends versus tackles, I think we have we have a great shot in those matchups. Our guys have proven all year long that they don't allow sacks, that they can hold up, that they are really good. And I think it will show again this game. So, like, so I think if you're San Francisco, you're probably going to see them move around a lot would be my guess. Play inside some, try to go up against the backup. Try and go up against Rag now, who's going to be hurting. So, we have a... So, our offense is looking pretty good. There was a... Uh, so, Green Bay was the rushed. Green Bay rushed pretty well against San Francisco. There was a stat that, during the game or whatever, that I saw that Green Bay was the first team in, like, 50 or 51 games... They ran for over 100 yards on the 49ers. Now the Lions, that's what we're built for. The Lions are built to run the ball with our offensive line, with Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. We've shown it these first two games against L.A. and Tampa. Now, with what Green Bay did, you're going to break down some of that film and see what Green Bay was doing really well against them. The Lions should be able to run the ball. You know, it's like that stat they put up is was crazy because that's very hard to do, limit someone to under 100, not allow a 100-yard rusher in all those games. But that's a strength of ours. And Green Bay showed that it can be done. So that helps us out. And then wide receivers-wise, that's a weakness of uh, – San Francisco's game. There was a lot of plays in that game, once again, where the Green Bay wide receivers or tight ends were wide open. So if we can run the ball on San Francisco and our wide receivers work against their suspect secondary, their secondary had a few uh, big-time pass interferences also. It shapes up really well for us. This game shapes up really well. We have our strength versus strength on defense. And then offensively, it's strength on strength. Their strength is the line. Our strength is the line once again. Their strength, their weakness is the secondary. Our wide receivers are very good, and so is Goff the way he's been playing. So I like our chances. I really do. And I will also say this. The way the Lions crowd and fans have traveled this year to every away game, I think it is going to be a 
Lions home field advantage. I think it is going. There is going to be a sea of blue out there, and I think when the Lions are on defense, I'll, or I'll put it the other way, when San Francisco is on offense, it will be louder for their. It will be louder for them than it will be when the Lions are on offense. I think it is going to be a big sea of blue. The amount of attention and hype and just fandom going on right now for the Lions and their and the fans. I think we are going to travel very well. I think it's going to be a sea of blue and I think there's not going to be any home field advantage for uh San Francisco. I think they're going to be looking around and saying, wow, what is this? I think the Lions fans will drown out. It will be like, I think San Francisco will be like playing on the road. When San Francisco's on offense, the Lions fans will be louder than when Detroit's on offense versus San Francisco's fans. I think it's going to be it's going to be tilted. There is not going to be no home field advantage for the 49ers. So, yeah. Like I said, I like that we're a 7-point underdog at least to start. We'll see where the line moves to or if it stays the same throughout the rest of the week, but I like us being underdogs. I like the our like the, I like our matchups. Like I said, we match up very well. If we do not turn the ball over, and play solid team everything offense defense special teams like we have these first two games we're going to the Super Bowl we're walking out of San we're sending San Francisco packing at home oh I cannot wait it's going to be a good time uh the other thing to talk about was is uh this week well you know what let's touch a little bit on the other games Baltimore, Houston, first half of that game, halftime, it was 10-10. Then in the second half, Houston or uh, Baltimore woke up, came out, basically dominated, showed that why they were the one, team, were in the one seed. So you had Baltimore advance, and then Bills Chiefs, I don't know where this Chiefs team came from. I guess it is one of those things where you – they just they can flip that switch when it comes playoff time because this chiefs team that has played these last two games in the playoffs was nowhere to be found during the regular season especially against buffalo now i get that buffalo had a ton of injuries on defense but the chiefs team moved the ball up and down the field Guys were wide open. Travis Kelsey was catching everything. The wide receivers for Kansas City were catching everything. All the drops and all the mistakes they had been having before. There was only one little small mistake that happened. Hardman, who fumbled the ball at the one-yard line to give it back to Buffalo. But other than that, like, this is a completely different team. And the Chiefs' defense has been good all year. That's what had been carrying them throughout the year. But, uh... Yeah, this Chiefs team looks like the team that has been around the last couple of years. 
is amazing to see how they just flipped that switch. It it became playoff time, and boom. They're back to playing like they had been the previous years. Another tough one for Buffalo. Man, Bass missing that kick to tie. That is a tough one. I mean, that really had no chance. As soon as it left his foot, it hooked so hard right. But, man, that is a... That is a nemesis. You know, it's like the way, I don't know, how, Peyton, or, uh, the way Tom Brady was to Peyton Manning to where they would match up, and it was always Tom Brady getting the win over Peyton Manning. It's Patrick Mahomes always getting that win over, uh, over Josh Allen right now. Eventually, can they do it? Yes. Can it change eventually? Yes, I think so. I think Allen can sort of break through, but... When it will be, I don't know. It's like this is your best chance being at home in the playoffs for the first time instead of being on the road at Kansas City. It's tough. That is a tough one for the Bills. Sean McDermott maybe just isn't the guy also. you know, With the head coaches that are out there right now, it's like Sean McDermott, you know, it's like he's gotten this team and turned this team around, gotten them to where they got to, to where they're consistently in the playoffs, consistently playing in the divisional round or championship game. But maybe he just, maybe he's just not the guy to get them all the way. Maybe you need someone else, like a Bill Belichick or a Vrabel or a Jim Harbaugh, to come in and push them that little extra push him that little extra bit to get him over the top maybe that's what it's going to take I don't know but next week now we have uh, Kansas City at Buffalo Buffalo when the line came out I believe was three and a half point favorites it's basically a home favorite a little more but home field advantage basically three and a half I don't know it's like, it, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. The Chiefs' defense is playing very well. They ha- they're going to have to contain Lamar, who which no one has this year. Baltimore has a very good defense, but the way this Kansas City offense has been playing and the way Mahomes is playing, you cannot you just you just can never count out Mahomes right now. He's on a run that. You know, it's like, you know, you didn't think you could see a run like this. You know, it's like the run Tom Brady was on. You didn't think you'd see that again. Mahomes is starting that run. Now he's not close to Brady yet, but he's doing everything possible to to inch every year towards him. So you can't count out Mahomes. I don't know what's going to happen in that game. I really don't especially because Kansas City is playing completely different than they did all year. What would I like to see? I would like to see the Lions versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I would like to see the Chiefs beat the Ravens. And then we have a rematch of opening night. The game that kicked off the NFL season, Lions at Chiefs, is the game to end 
the season in the Super Bowl, Lions Chiefs in Las Vegas. I think that would be pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens this Sunday. I got a good feeling about the Lions. I got a good feeling. I think we can go out there and pull it off. So uh, yeah, about do it for football, I guess. Till next week, till we see what shakes out in those games. So uh, last little bit, let's talk about the Red Wings. Red Wings. Once again, another really good week. They started off the week. uh, Down in Florida. Against the Panthers. They got the win. 3-2 in overtime. Very strange game. So, everyone knows that the Florida Panthers are a bunch of scumbags. They are. Everyone on that fucking team is a fucking cocksucking motherfucker. Like, they are scumbags of scumbags. With Kachuk and just all those pieces of garbage they have on defense. Like, they love to get under people's skin. And in that first period of that game, there was a lot of chippiness, which you expect out of uh, Florida, every stoppage, they're going up to guys and getting little scrums and stuff. And there were some penalties and offsetting penalties and stuff like that. That's what I thought the whole game was going to be like. And then after that first period, the uh, Panthers came out and they did none of that the rest of the game. It was very, It was a very weird and shocking thing to see. That first period, there was penalties on both sides. There was instigator stuff. There was Florida being Florida, being into it every stoppage. Then the rest of the game, it was just a normal hockey game. No more scrums, no more... Really, there was not very many more penalties. There was just nothing the rest of the game. It was very odd to watch from a Florida Panthers team. It benefited us to us getting the win in overtime, but very interesting game to watch against Florida. But that was a big win, especially down in Florida. Florida being one of the top teams in our division. Friday, we went to Carolina, got the loss. It was a very boring game. It's like it was 4-2 to two, uh, Carolina, but it was a pretty boring game to watch. Like... Basically, one team would skate up the ice. The other team would take it away in their defensive zone. They skated up the ice, and then the other team, then the team would steal it back in their defensive zone. They sort of just like skated back and forth up and down the rink. You know, there wasn't a ton of like zone time and ridiculous shots and things like that. I mean, Lion, who's been playing very, very well. Lion, right now, Alex Lion has been keeping us in every game and it has been the main reason we've won a lot of these games but he made a made a, a couple difficult stops uh, Carolina uh, goaltender made a couple difficult stops but it was just a very boring subdued game just a lot of skating around you know and we had been on a winning streak so losing in Carolina like that it was bound to happen then uh, just Sunday Sunday night during the or right after the Lions game, Red Wings with Tampa Bay at home, who were going to be fighting for a 
wild card playoff spot with. We got the win two to one. Did not watch that game, of course. I was watching the uh, NFL playoffs, but two to one win. Don't really know how that game flow was and stuff, but you beat Tampa Bay at home. That's that's all that matters, especially when you're gonna, when you're fighting for those going to be fighting all the way down the stretch with that team for either for probably a wild card spot. It's a big win at home. But yeah, Alex Lyon has really been the MVP for us since he came back from injury. It's like he has kept us in every game. He has made big save after big save. I think he has really cemented himself for the rest of the year as goalie number one. Huso, we still don't know when he's coming back. It could be next week. It could be a month from now. But when Huso comes back, I think he'll be the number two. I think Lyon right now, with the run he's having, the stretch he's on, he will be the number one goalie going forward. And I think he will play a lot more. You know, it's like with him and Huso, it'd be like, okay, every other or two for Huso, one for Lyon. Early in the season, it was like two and then one for Reimer. Reimer's going to be gone right out of there. But... Alex Lyons really cemented himself as the number one goalie for us and has been the reason we were able to crawl up. I think we're the first wild card right now in the standings. We were for a minute uh, third in the division or in our yeah, in our division, but we're right there. Third place to first wild card spot. We're right around floating around there, but a lot of tough games coming up. Especially this week. This week alone, we have the Stars or Dallas tonight at home. It's a tough team. Thursday, we're at home once again. We have this home stretch coming on. So we have this home, uh, yeah, this home stretch of games. We won against the Lightning, but we have this home stretch. We have to, we have to win these games at home to keep us in the playoff right in the, in the hunt. Like I said, tonight, Tuesday night, Dallas at home, tough team. Thursday night we got the Flyers. Flyers, I don't know. I don't understand that team whatsoever. But they're right there. I think they're second in their division. I don't understand that team, but yeah. Flyers, so that's another tough team coming in. Vegas then on Saturday. We got Vegas coming in. And then well we'll get to it, but next week we have Senators at home right before the All Star break, which will be a very interesting game, but yeah, just this week. It's like this week alone we have Dallas, Philadelphia, and Vegas. But all home games, you have to you have to win these games at home. Because I know coming up in the second half, uh, after the All-Star break, we're going to have at least two road trips. We're going to have... We have not really had a road trip out west. We had a small, couple small ones. But I know there, we have to have at least one like six game road trip going out west playing teams like Colorado and Seattle and stuff and I would guess there's going to be one other uh uh probably um Canadian road trip where you're playing teams like Edmonton and Vancouver and stuff on the road so got to win got to win these games at home right now cuz after the all-star break I don't know I didn't look at their schedule but I can only assume 
by what we've had earlier in the year that we're going to have a couple long road trips coming up. So got to take care of business at home. But, uh, yeah, another good week, another good week of football. Hopefully it continues to roll. I think it will. But uh, we'll find out this weekend. So, uh, but, yeah, um, comment below, subscribe, however you're listening to the channel, and uh, hit the like button. And, uh, yeah, I will talk to you next week.